Hello everyone, I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places everyone, it's time I'm for the, the Connor and Smith Show! Oh, wow, I messed that up. I don't know what happened. Thank you, Places. You got very excited. I did. Um, what, are we gonna, what are we doing tonight? This is called um, A Spin and Splatter. A Spin and Splatter. Yes. So, what, what this thing has is five little colors of paint, a wheel that takes a battery to spin it, and then you start spinning it, and then you put paint on it, and it splatters it. And um, basically, ten-year-olds play with this. So these are grown-ass men just uh, playing with a ten-year-old's art toy. But it brought me whimsy, reminding myself of it that it existed out there. Because when we were doing the spirographs with Flo Lacey a few episodes ago, the spirograph made me think of this. So anyway, let's turn it on and let's it, see. It makes a little noise. It might be too loud. You're gonna hear some some stuff. It's, so. It sounds like magic. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, not bad. Matt is adding paint. Okay, that's why we have the splatter guard on. It has a splatter guard because the paint is splattering everywhere. Woo! All right, he added some purple. I had three dots of purple. I can't wait for y'all to see this. How do they find out? Um, what it looks like? What it looks like afterwards? Uh, they go to our Facebook page, Connor and Smith, on Facebook. Connor and Smith Facebook. Um, okay. okay. He's adding some pink. I'm adding some pink. Oh, that's pretty. It's kind of like um, dyeing eggs, but different. Yeah, dyeing paper. Pretty on do. the splatter guard, at least. Doing three of those. Three pink have been added. I already did one as a test. Um, so you'll be able to see that one later. We just didn't know how loud and obnoxious this was going to sound, and still don't know. No, we have no clue All what's right, happening. adding some blue in. Nice. It is just splattering everywhere. Uh oh, just um, lifted up. We're going to splatter the walls. Okay, now. Okay, okay. Now. There's going to be some smear there because I pushed down. On my on the thing? Yeah, see? Oh no, you just ruined it. Uh, no, maybe I improved it. Adding some green. I hope you improved it, that's for sure. What's going to happen tonight on the show? Tonight on the show, we are talking to Terry Burrell. Yay! Yes. I love me Terry. I know. All I things Terry. Everybody loves how, Terry. How are we going to be able to stop talking? Um, We're going to have so much to talk about. Yes, we are, and yes, we do. Um, but that's okay. We're just going to ask some questions. Legendary lady of the stage. Um, so many different credits. I don't know how you're going to hear any of this, but... It's fine. If you have any questions, send me a text. Right, we might have Okay, to let's stop it. Let's right, see what so it looks we're like we're stopping right now. the engine. Oh, it's very colorful. It looks kind of like... I think I did a very good job. I think. How can you tell when I, it's spinning? I did not even read. I can just feel it. I can feel the end portrait being gorgeous. It's hard gorgeous. to not do a good job. I did not even read the directions. That, yeah. Which I don't suggest. I mean, I don't. Um, you don't really need directions. I don't recommend to people. Okay, it's slowing down. It looks. interesting it's beautiful is this maybe my smudge where here 
No. I don't know. I, it looks kind of cool. It does look cool. Well, you'll see this on our uh, Facebook page, Connor and Smith, as we said. Um, and now we're going to take a break real quick. Because we're going to come back in just a little bit with Miss Terry Burrell. Terry Burrell. Hang tight. Grab a, grab a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, a glass of wine, a sip of water, and sit back and enjoy. Yes. I, I have a candle lit. It's called Blackberry Brandy, and it smells lovely. And It smells like a dessert. Yes. It makes me want to get some dessert right now. All right. Get whatever you need. We'll be right back. Bye. Hello. Oh my God! Thank God. <laughs> oh my Terry, Lord. Terry, how are you? I'm. You know, I'm good now that I'm on. Was that a pain? Was that a big pain in the butt? Well, what was happening was that there's a third question, and the third question is choose your microphone. And oh. so I was trying to put in speaker, uh, headphone, wire, wired headphones, and that didn't work. And then, oops, there's a pro- anyway. We figured it out. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All I needed to do was put in my name and my email and hit join, and there we are. Voila! <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice. Um, you was it a pretty day today? It was a beautiful day today. It was in the seventies, as it has been the last few days. And I've been trying to take my dog, because my dog is young, so I've been trying to take her to different parks, you know, to get her stimulated. Yes. So we went to a park near here that's just very wide open. Ran into my neighbor who lives on the other end of the cul-de-sac with his dog, and so that was fun. And uh, and they get along. So yes, it was a beautiful day. I came home. And I had my coffee out in the backyard, and I just listened to the birds. Mm. Normally, if it's I, cold, I, I, I have that in my headphone. I'll go to YouTube and find bird call, but I didn't have to do that today. <laughs> I always say to Stephen when we go on our spring walks, I'll say, I just wanted to slow down right about now. Can we just, can we just not rush things right now? I want spring to just kind of linger. Yes, I love spring. I love it. And you can yeah. feel when it's coming. Even if it's still cold, you can feel how things are blooming and you can just see the difference in color. You know, it's now if you hear if you hear a bunch of corruffering around, there's there's, there's two, two pugs, pugs sitting on this couch. So. Oh, I, I don't hear any corruffering. You will. <laughs> now, when you say you're, you're when you say your puppy dog is, is this the puppy dog that became a, a star in one of your shows? She did. I got her because I was doing Lady Day at Emerson Barn Grill here in Atlanta, Georgia at Theatrical Outfit and called for a dog on the show. Well, I didn't have a dog at the time, although I really wanted one. And we were, they were going to do all kinds of things, get a, get a sheltered dog and I would foster the dog and if I wanted to keep all that stuff. And I was set to go to about two or three different shelters animal shelters to see what was available because it had to be small enough for me to pick up and it's Christmas. Everybody was at our house. We were hosting and my niece heard me talking about it. And she said, Auntie Terry, I have a dog and I can't keep her, but I don't want to give her to just anybody. So I said, okay, let me see a picture. Cause I don't want a rat or a rat. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
she was so cute. And my sister brought her to my house the following week, seven o'clock in the morning. And I didn't understand because I hadn't been around this this uh, puppy that she is very shy and skittish. Well, I didn't know that. So I just handled her and took her down to rehearsal. What an amazing personality she has because she was able to tolerate that, you know, <laughs> and and so that and then my husband fell in love with her. So now you should see the two of them together. It's not my dog anymore. It's his dog. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I keep saying that our two dogs are our therapists. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right about this time. Yeah. And when I would bring her, I come out in the audience because there's a part where Billy has to go get high. She's got to, you know, get that shot of heroin. And uh, my dresser would be back there with her and I would pick her up and I would come through the doors and forget it. I, I could have said anything. And the audience was paying no attention to me at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um are you from the state of Georgia? Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I wasn't even born in the United States. I was born in Trinidad. My mother was Trinidadian. My father was an American. So I was born on the base. So we were automatically uh, American citizens. And I came to the United States when I was about seven. And uh, years later, I grew, so grew up in the United I grew up in New York City. And that's where I went to school and blah, blah, blah. And then years later, I met my husband through a friend that lived in Trinidad. She had met him and she said, ooh, I, I like him for Terry. And uh, two years into our relationship, um, he moved, had an opportunity to move to Atlanta for a great job. And I said, well, you know what? Wherever I go, my career goes with me. I had been to Atlanta once before. I really liked it. I didn't know a lot about it. And that's what happened. I finished up what I was doing in New York City Actually, I went on tour with Showboat, believe it or not, with Showboat, which is, you know, a different Showboat is where I met you, Matt. Um, that's right. We met the signature production. That's right. But this was the national tour. And so every time we had off, as we would frequently, because the sets were too large to just set up overnight, uh, I would come to Atlanta. And then in 2001... Mm. We got married, and then I started paying Georgia State tax, so here I am. <laughs> well, I won't go into my connection with Atlanta, but I had relatives in Atlanta, so every summer, the trip to Atlanta was like the biggest deal in yep, the world. Right. We're going to Atlanta. But let me ask you, now that you've brought up that you're, um, you're kind of from someplace else than the States, do you, A, do you get back home very often? And B, I'm going to talk about all the cities you have performed in around the world because you, you've, you've seen a, a little chunk of the world. I have. Um, you know, Trinidad for me is half and half, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm half Trini, half Yankee. You hear that accent? So, yes, I have, <laughs> I have gone back several times. My sisters have not. And the last time I was in Trinidad, which was about maybe six years ago, I went to Chagaramas, which is where we were born. That was where the base was. And I took a picture of the hospital and I sent it to my sisters. And I said to my husband, I said, they're going to cry when they see this. You know, um, whenever right. I go to Trinidad, when I go to any of the islands, I feel like I'm home because I understand mm -hmm. how those people think. I understand it. Mm -hmm. I understand the accent. So I hear, I understand everything you're saying. You know, uh, The food is very familiar to me that I grew up with. Um, 
But yes, mm-hmm. I've managed to get back a few times and I'm due, I'm long overdue for another visit. But of course, Trinidad was one of the first places to really shut it down when COVID started. And as a result, they've been able to really keep it under control. That's fantastic. What, what I want to talk about your, um, first of all, do you have a favorite city in the world where you have performed that you would, you would always go back to? Or are they just all of them? Well, I think all of them offer something so unique. I have to say that my favorite mm-hmm. city, not because I performed there, but because it's so beautiful and I never had a bad meal and that was San Francisco. You know, wow. Yeah, I never had a bad meal in San Francisco. I've been there a few times. Uh, always a, a, a different experience, but I, yeah, and I love Chicago. Um, Chicago is the winter time. It's a little difficult to take it, but in the spring, you can't beat it, you know. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. the the D.C. area. You know, both my husband and I have remarked that in that D.C. area, it's very pedestrian friendly. There's so much that you mm-hmm. can literally just walk to or take a bus or whatever, you know, and my mm-hmm. um, my sister-in-law lives there. Well, she lives in actually in Olney. So um, I, I love it. She does. She lives in Olney, Maryland. Yes. Uh, I, I was. Have you have you ever worked at Olney? I did. I've worked there twice. Years ago, I did. Uh, I did a piece there. Uh, the boys from Syracuse years ago. And then yeah. I did. Um, oh, what did I? Oh, Cinderella. Cinderella. And um, and. And she came to see the show. She wasn't living that far away. She was living like 20 minutes away. And I said to her, you know, right. this is your kind of place because it's so beautiful. Right. And um, next thing you know, she um, she moved like a couple of years ago. She moved to Olney and she just loves it. No? It's such a fascinating theater with all of the stars who have kind of. Oh, yes, her. most definitely. I had a great um, time there. <laughs> who? Who, Stephen? Do you remember who had the the house built for them out front in the? Was that Tallulah Bankhead? I think it was Tallulah oh, Bankhead. Oh, yeah. okay. I love that house. I love that house. Yes. I did change the curtains in my room, but I love that house. <laughs> well, yeah, I love that huge kitchen where everybody just cooks, you know, and shares if they want mm-hmm. to. It's it's just really nice. Very nice. Yeah, it was a beautiful experience. I did West Side Story there back before Jesus was born. <laughs> well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I love I love that kitchen at Olney yeah. as well. I also love the one at the new arena stage. It is fabulous. Like that that's the hub where everyone gets together on the lunch that's break right. and makes their food. That's and- right. It, it feels feels like a family so it much. Does. I did, um, and I think it was in 2010 or 2011, um, I did, um, oh, oh, God, Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I replaced mm-hmm. uh, Ife mm-hmm. Butler, which was very scary. And, you know, mm-hmm. and yes, so I was able to experience that beautiful kitchen there. Mm-hmm. Mm, love it. Yeah, and you, you know, that's that's so crazy about how what what magic theater does with us as artists when we do a show together and we create this family that unless you actually have done a show like that you just don't understand how you can work for with someone for you know six weeks eight weeks two weeks whatever and and they become a part of your 
family. Well, I tried to explain that to my husband who has nothing to do with show business, except, you know, he's the kind of person who buys the tickets to go see theater. But I said, actors, I don't know any other industry like this. Actors have to trust each other very quickly, very quickly. We're very Mm -hmm. good little psychologists. You know, we we can read Mm -hmm. a person. I mean, and it's it's not judging them. It's just reading it. You know, because we're around mm-hmm. so many different kinds of people from so many different walks in life. And so right. you have to trust each other because you have to show up and be prepared to hold up your end. If you don't hold up your end, you hold everybody up. See? Right, so, right. And the and even the skills of like knowing when to lead and when to follow in, in that circle of friends on stage and kind of all. Well, you also have to learn how to blend. I don't care what role you're playing. Mm-hmm. You have to blend. It's about the story. That's the star. The star mm-hmm. is the story. Mm-hmm. So check your ego at the door. It's not about you. It's about what you right. bring to the table along with everybody else to tell this story. You know? Yeah. And so sometimes it so not sometimes always it means that you have to be aware of each other, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally as well. Uh, And um, and and blend blend together, really listen to what the person is saying and how they're saying it. You know, even if you Mm -hmm. even if you make a slight change. And the way you might respond to something because you're, you know, after a few weeks, you're, you're much more secure in the material and you might want to play with it a little bit. But it is great for learning how to show up, do your job and get along. <laughs> is, is that sort of like a message for anybody who might be listening that wants to either get in the business or already is in the business of just how to get along with others? And I will say you know, some, sometimes I would rather work with a less talented person than a big pain in the butt that actually might be better for the part. Well, you know, look, we're all human. So things are going to happen. It's not going to go perfectly every single time. I got to say that 99.9% of the time I've been doing this now for 40 years, the people that I've met have been just incredible. So every once in a while you meet that special kind of person, and I don't mean it in a nice way, who make life miserable, <laughs> not just for you, but usually they make life miserable for everybody else around them. They're not kind. They may be very talented, very, very talented, but they're not kind. They're not nice. They don't, uh, they don't follow sort of the backstage rules. I've had people who are extremely talented who there was one person I worked with that literally warmed, not warmed up, but sang full out the entire time uh, he was backstage. And it was maddening. <laughs> and it didn't matter that we went to the stage uh, manager or the company manager and asked, would you please talk to him? He ignored it. What are you going to do? Fire him? You can't fire him, you know? Uh, but it made for it made it very unpleasant because you're going back to your room. You've got to listen for your cue and you're hearing this loud singing backstage. And I've been in Mm -hmm. situations in the dressing room when somebody was 
playing a movie on their computer or singing out loud after half hour, after half hour, and almost daring you to say something to them. Now, I will tell you this. I'm very mindful individual. I've worked, worked at it. I continue to work at it. So I have to decide in a situation like that, like anybody else, and here's what I'll say for everybody else. How do you handle the situation? As my mother used to say, my sainted mother used to say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's not what you do, it's how you do right. it. In cases like that, it's really much better to not address that person directly because there's a certain particular kind of ignorance for anybody to even do that. So you, you go right. to, the, to the stage manager and you say, hey, there's a problem and you let them handle it because they're equipped to do it and they're authorized to do it. It's almost like giving another actor a note and you don't want to do that. You know, right, right. But th- like I said, those things are seldom. I mean, I've, I've had friends in the business who've had far worse experiences. Those things were more irritating than, than not. No. But that's not the norm yeah. for me. The norm is that people are usually uh, more than usually. They are most of the time very uh, considerate of their fellow performers mm-hmm. and, you know, considerate of what, what is needed to make this machine run very well. Um, Terry, you said you went to school I in did. New York City. So going to school in New York City, did that sort of help you to understand what it was going to take or how to maneuver yourself into um being a Broadway performer? You know, I, did, I don't think that when I started out, it was I was going to be a Broadway performer. I just always had something that attracted the attention of other people. And I say that because it started when I was very young. Um, I went to St. Catherine of Siena and Sister Eva Gerard was the choir director. And she gave me a solo, which pissed off the eighth grade girls because I was in the fifth grade. And so, you know, what happens in a city like New York where you have things like Broadway, uh, when you have a lot of theater, is that you're exposed. You have far much more expo- uh, exposure to, to, professional, to professionals and professional performance. Um, and I, I just never considered doing anything else. You know, and so I right. I hit the I hit the stage, the performing like in the late 70s, um, 80s on when there was more opportunity for people of color to do shows. I mean, my first show was a touring production of Bubbling Brown Sugar that had been a big hit on Broadway, you know, and then they had the touring company. I toured all over the United States with that show and I was. Is oh my God! Yes, tour? absolutely. I love it. <laughs> you see, see everything, everything, and you're getting paid to do it, and you're and you're protected. It's not right. like you're just oh, you know what? I'm going to go up to Florida. I'm going to go up to Wyoming. You know, and you you get the ticket and you jump on the plane. You know, there's somebody to take care of that for you. There's somebody to take care of, you know, giving you a choice of hotels. You have a per diem to pay for stuff. You know, and then you can get out there and either rent a car or just walk around and see what a city has to offer. You know, and we we get the best of. Well, I know, yeah. I know 
Yeah. Yeah. I know Stephen is sitting here dying to um, talk about your uh, contribution Ew, to Dream Yeah, Girls. really, Stephen? <laughs> That's my husband's name, Stephen. So what would you like to what would you like to know? <laughs> That's funny. Um, just, well, I mean, talk oh, about yeah. iconic shows mm -hmm. of Broadway. Um, did we did we know did we know Dreamgirls was going to be what it is today as far as like just back then you mean yeah did it, you you already know that well it was already that, when, that when I came into it I actually replaced my sister Debbie my sister Debbie was the original Michelle so she did all the workshops she mm. did the the out of town tryouts in Boston you know and so she opened the show in New York um, two years into the show. Uh, uh, Jennifer was um, going in, she was going on tour and she wanted my sister to come with her. And so uh, Jennifer Holiday. And so they, because they were very close, they shared the dressing room. And so I came in and I auditioned and I got it. And, and I tell you, it's interesting because there's times when I look at pictures and I have to look very closely to see, is that Debbie or is that myself? And two months <laughs> before the show closed on Broadway, they brought my sister in to play Dina. So if you go to the Lincoln Center archive and look at the archival tape, you will see me and my sister, Debbie. She's playing Dina. I'm playing oh, uh, wow. Michelle. And I don't remember what had happened that that, that came about. Um, I think the person who was doing it at the time left the show for some reason. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really sure, but yeah, she and I are on the archival tape mm -hmm. and I was so happy to have her there. Yeah. But that's so, that's fantastic. Is that, has that happened before ever in, in Broadway history? That's amazing that you got to step in with your, well, we've done it about three times. Um, when I did UB, which wow. is my first Broadway show, she was, doing the whiz she moved into the glinda role when dd Dee Dee bridgewater left so the whiz closed you be still going on and they brought her in as an understudy you know so there were times when we were on stage together because she covered some roles uh, some role. I had uh, started out as an understudy in UB, and they gave me one one song to do when it came to broadway and then when that person left, I moved into that into that role and they brought my sister in. And then I did Swinging on a Star. I think that was in, oh my gosh, 99 or something. And they brought her in as the understudy. And the, one of the people that she was covering had to have a knee operation. So again, my sister and I were on stage together. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. You, you, did you, uh, did your parents have uh, the talent? That's how they met. Your my father was in the Navy, in, stationed in Trinidad. My mother was a Trinidadian. They went to a mutual friend's wedding where they had been asked to sing. And they became aware wow. of each other. Both my parents had really beautiful voices. But more than that, you know, my mother uh, had an opportunity to do it professionally. But Trinidad, in those days, you know, good girls did not do that. Only bad girls, you know. So I'm a very right. bad girl. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but they were so supportive of us. 
My parents never, ever said, go get a real job. Never. You know, because they they also had the opportunity to, well, not only were they living vicariously through us, but they also had an opportunity to witness what real hard work it is. The average person out there who comes into the theater doesn't have a clue how hard we work. They have don't have a clue how many hours go into making this thing look like we just got up there and said, hey, kids, let's put on a show, you know, like Mickey. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. They, don't, they know right. nothing about tech. Nothing. Nothing. You know. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting in this this COVID time how, you know, theaters are, you know, really struggling to figure out how to pivot back into the theater. And like, you know, unless you're you're wealthy, I mean, all the artists are just kind of sitting around either going to another job or, and what's the first thing we want to do when we want to get away? We go and listen to a band. We go to the ballet. We go watch a movie. We do all these things and yet the arts is still kind of looked upon as sort of like a not a hobby but sort of like an afterthought yeah when you're going to get a real job sort of thing it's so unfortunate is it like that like in the uk Um, and other places i i when i worked in the uk i didn't work with british actors i you know i could tell you that i love their uh, especially their straight plays i love it um they don't get paid very much not uh, British actors don't, huh. not really. A lot of them were, the, were our dressers, you know, and Americans are very open hmm. and very generous. Okay. So when you tip that dresser, you know, they were tipped extremely well. And, and we were very, right. you know, at least I'm, I look, I'm making a general statement, but I find generally, and this, and I heard my dresser was from Australia. And just generally, just Americans are just easier to get along with. And just just like I said, right. a lot more gregarious and generous than maybe other folks. Um, I, I wouldn't know who those other folks were. That's what was said to me. And I could certainly witness it because, I w- again, I went there with Showboat. I went there with Showboat. Uh, so I can tell you what I witnessed with my company, you know. So it was like a it was like a transfer. It was from actually New York? a transfer from Canada, because it was yeah. Um, oh. it was it was a Canadian company that was uh, producing the show, in uh, that did when I did the tour from Goth Drabinsky, um, uh, it was it was we did the tour in the United States, but it originated out of Canada, and then uh, they. They split it up. They sent some of the company to Australia and they sent some of the company to London. There weren't too many original uh, Brits in the company. I mean, some of the, the children were. The children were, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anybody else in the company that was a Brit, and I don't think they were. No. So that's how they did it. I mean, at that point, they had companies of showboat all over the place. They had, they must... And this yes. was all based on the mm-hmm. revival, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Now, I'm trying to make sure we hit all the hits because people will be mad okay. if I don't ask you about certain things. But um, <laughs> who could be mad at you? You know the fans. Yeah, okay. She got a lot of fans. Um, um, so you you participated in the uh, original production of Into the Woods. Okay, Can again, you talk a little I was about hired that? as an understudy um, uh, to the two stepsisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would go on occasionally. And the first time I went on, James Lapine, the director, came upstairs and said to me, uh, Terry, the first opportunity I have to put you in the show, I'm putting you in. Because I had not done the workshop. No, so uh, anyway, mm-hmm. um, okay. And then one of the women uh, left, one of the stepsisters left. And I moved into her slot. And that was maybe close to a year about after the show had opened. And then I did another year as Florinda. I think I got my toe cut off or something, something like that. It was so much, it was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> who was, who we, was your witch? We was had it Felicia several. Or it was Bernadette. And then it was um, Betsy Johnson. Then it was, I think Fel- Felicia came in mm-hmm. for like a few weeks because she was still doing the Cosby show and they had gone on strike. The writers had gone on strike. And then she, um, mm-hmm. she and then she, so she was there for a short time. I mean, sold out audience, sold out audiences once she was on as as uh, as the witch. Sure. And um, and then Nancy Dussault was I think she ended the show as our witch yeah can't remember was her or betsy johnson it's got to be i mean yet again another show that everybody was going crazy about it was you know in the beginning of its iconic life you know uh how many revivals have there been right, at this point right. you know, and so there were many. people who were urging but, uh, uh james lapine to just shut it down after act one, just, it was fine. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is what happens after the happily ever after. That's the meat. Yes, exactly. That's the brilliant Mm -hmm. part. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So there were, even at the time, people were thinking, oh, maybe just act one and not do the. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, that's how good act one was too. It was very satisfying. Yeah. So there were people urging him to do that. And he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that was an amazing piece. I have friends that, you know, we're still close to this day. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I'm just being interrupting. Uh, rude person. Um, I was going to say, I have not had the pleasure of being in a show with you. Yes, he had. Um, he did. And has, I have a picture I played the piano. of him at the piano and yeah. me standing at the piano. It's a beautiful picture. You know, mm-hmm. I, I talked to Fred Schiffman, who played your, I guess, man. No, he was he was the guy who was auditioning you yes, in yes. the show. Uh-huh. Um, there and oh, anyways, he sends his I love. love he was so excited. Yeah. And then Chris Sizemore, who was in the Chris show. Was what was Chris's name? Chris Sizemore. Oh, Chris Sizemore. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, well, Chris Sizemore, see, I think, played Pete. Did he play Pete? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah. He played mm-hmm. Pete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they send their love. Um, but mm-hmm. where I first saw you uh, was I 
my really, really good friend, Christina Stein, was working mm-hmm. wardrobe at Arena Stage. And during that season that she worked there, which mm-hmm. I believe was Molly's first season, um, first or second, I got to see all mm-hmm. of the shows because mm-hmm. of my connection with Christina. So, Wait, she, are you going to get in trouble for telling this? No, show <laughs> people do that all the time to show people, you know. Uh-huh. Do I do it? Can do I have to pay? Yeah. Okay, good. You know, that's the kind of situation, but uh, especially in the regional world. But um, so I oh saw my God. Thunder yes. knocking at the door yes. mm-hmm. many mm-hmm. times, many times, because after I went once, mm-hmm. I said I have to come back. Now I never took somebody's seat. Let me. I stood in the back, but um, the theater mm-hmm. was on fire. Mm-hmm. The audience was on fire. That show, you mm-hmm. people were dancing in the audience. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was the most amazing thing to witness. Yep. And that yep. music, Kebmo. Oh my God! Like yes. So I saw you as good sister. Mm-hmm. Marvel Hicks. Uh, was Glory? Yep. Oh my well, God! Dragster, Doug Dragster. Eskew. Yeah. What's the song? Yeah. What's the song that the uh, oh my blind God. girl sang? And he, and, yeah. Uh, it was see a through me. Oh my gosh! I'm uh, glad you remember. See through me. <laughs> What's the my song? I want my see song. I don't know. Well, funny enough, <laughs> you you were um. Uh, oh gosh! Mm-hmm. Please stand by me. You Ooh. know there's no guarantees. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Wi- willing yes. to go. Willing to go. Now, Matthew and I have actually what? directed productions of that show wow. since you. I, I, I do you remember uh-huh. I got in touch with you years ago, and was like asking you things because I was trying to probe my Ooh, own memory. I hope memory I answered your questions. And, <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, good. Good. You did. You did. But that show is just in oh, it's yeah. I'm obsessed with yeah. it. It's one of my favorite shows. Um and, and it's got such an interesting trajectory because you would think, I mean, I thought, oh, it's gonna go right to Broadway and it's gonna be a big hit. You mean from Arena? Mm-hmm. hmm It did. And it did um, go to New York. Where did it correct? play down that theater down in the village? Um, uh, it, by then there was, there was like some, you know, drama attached to it. Um, actually, uh, uh, Leslie Uggams played Good Sister. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? And I think there was like talk of a recording or something happening, but I don't know if it ever did um, or if it was I a limited release. I don't think that that happened. No, no. Yeah, because I was trying to track down like some kind of. Then there was it a was production. In, yes, in, it was in was Cincinnati it because. Uh, oh, what's Ed's last name? The mm-hmm. he was the the outgoing artistic director was um, asked to. It, it, they they allowed him to bring back all the shows that he had really enjoyed while he had been uh, artistic director. I'm trying to think of Ed's last name, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and so mm-hmm. Thunder Knocking on the Door was one of them because he and Keith Glover were very close. And so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah, so that was this what, what was the story completely original or was it well, based Keith, on an Keith already like South, established and so he grew up with that kind of uh, magic folklore and it was completely original including the music completely it what is it a blues yes. uh, uh -huh. fable something uh, like that what they called it I, I, fable, well, when he yeah. asked me to do it because I didn't uh, audition for it so good um uh, I, I said to him, okay, well, why are you asking me to do this? Because I don't sing the blues. <laughs> and not only did I not sing the blues, but, you know, I was playing the mother to someone who was much older. And he said, you, you don't have to worry about that. You'll mm -hmm. sing the way that you sing. He said, and you know what? Uh, the women in my family had children very young. So don't even worry about it. Ed Stern is the name of the guy that I was trying to think mm. of, the artistic director. You know, Ed Stern had it come back to Cincinnati Playhouse in the park. Mm. Um, and that was, the, uh, that was the last time that I did it. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, I think I was the only original cast member that did it. Yeah. It was... Uh... Mm -hmm truly amazing piece and I, oh, I'm, I'm so happy I got too. to see it as many times as I did and in Molly's oh, first yeah. Molly's first season and oh man God, yes. look at all the amazing stuff she's done since then well you know that's what's so magical I think about you know some of the things that we do I maybe even all the things we do but you know when you do theater and you tell stories and if they're told you know, correctly to make uh, magic and to make a difference and to make you think about something or just purely entertain. I think it's just so, I mean, I didn't see Thunder at Arena, but I'm sure the tech and yes. fun, like, oh my God, you oh, yeah. know, magic they probably made. I'm sure well, the, the guitars, but there was one huge magic trick where Glory uh, confronts the um this mysterious stranger you know they've been they've been like flirting with each other and falling in love and all of that and he has given her back her sight and the way she'll keep it is if he if she can beat him in a uh in a, a dueling contest guitar dueling contest and she's standing there talking to him and he says let's go and he reaches he points at her and all of a sudden she's in a different dress yeah they rigged it so they oh would pull gosh. it boom Oh, you didn't even see where the dress went. The dress that she was wearing over it went. And suddenly she was in a completely different dress. It was unbelievable. Oh <laughs> it was Yep. Oh, that's yep. amazing. That's, that's right. Some arena stage magic. Yes. Cooking the in cutting that kitchen. Contest. In the, in that's the cutting right. contest. Yes. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. So I remember, the, I remember our magic in Showboat was when... Um, um, Sandy Bainham went twirling down the steps one show and she got her hem caught on the railing of the boat and it oh, just no. basically unraveled the whole bottom that. of her skirt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and like an old pro, she took that uh, she took that unraveled part of her skirt. That's her. Just that's threw Sandy. it over her shoulder I mean, and walked off. She is an amazing person. <laughs> that's that's somebody that I've stayed in touch with and stayed cl got close to and I just love her. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, I love me some Sandy too. Bobby Smith. Um, and Bobby yes, Smith was that's in That's who it. asked me to do Cinderella Speaking because he was directing it at Only. Mm-hmm. 
that that's, oh, that's the reason. Right. That's right. I'm sorry. That's right. I'm um, saying speaking... that's the reason why I check everything because no, you go. You go. he didn't call me. He, what he because I don't think he had my number. What he did he sent it in a text on Facebook. I just happened to see it because <laughs> Facebook was not something that I went to every day, you know. So he sent it in Facebook Messenger, and I went, "Wow, right. <laughs> it is." That's said, oh, hysterical. Well. So. Uh, my friend who was uh, one of my friends yes, who was in Oklahoma with course, you, Nahal Joshi, you know, yes. Nahal, right? He was also yes. in That's the Three right. Penny Opera uh-huh. with you on the Broadway. Um, like? And I heard many stories <laughs> from him about that crazy time. Um, <laughs> my favorite was... Uh, basically the night that Madonna came and was really obnoxious and on her phone. And when he went to meet her, she held out her hand, but like did not even squeeze. Oh. It was kind of like shaking hands with a dead fish. And well, she I didn't, was, I didn't, was very I don't know. Obnoxious. I didn't meet her. So I, I don't know. And I thought, happened. well, I guess I. <laughs> who knows who she is anyway. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, it's gotta be, it, it probably was an incredible and, unique experience being oh, in the cast with such like high wattage yes. like superstars yes. as Alan Cumming and yes. Cindy Lauper and how fantastic how was fantastic. That I mean there's an example of people who are literally stars mm-hmm. but never acted like they were. They were part of the ensemble mm. in telling that story. And um mm. I uh mm-hmm. had to go on as Mrs. Peachum one one time and Jim Dale and Cindy Lauper came down to my dressing room and started running lines with me. Isn't that sweet? Nice. Yeah. I was very impressed. That is very sweet. I was very, very impressed with that. That's mm-hmm. amazing. But it's, it's always the people who are the most famous, oh, at least in my experience, the people who are the most famous are yeah. the people who acted the least. I mean, oh, we had... Chita Rivera down here for the Candor Neb celebration for the visit. Mm-hmm. And she was the most mm-hmm. down to earth, wonderful person that that could have been the yeah. biggest diva, but she never would be who she is today Absolutely. if she acted like that. Right. So mm-hmm. that's what makes her yeah. a, a national treasure. Um, but that's uh that's really cool to hear that. I mean, because I was in my dressing room downstairs like because I was I played the role and... of the bishop. But, you know, even if you had a role, you did a lot of ensemble stuff. And so I was in the room with the other other women, you know, uh, the ensemble women, and they just walked in. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? And they started running lines with me. They were so supportive, <laughs> so lovely. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Certainly was. That's amazing. Um, and you've you've recently how like you just did in recent history the um, I did Day, here in Atlanta, correct, like and I also earlier. wrote something that was produced here at the Alliance Theater uh, called uh, Ethel, and it's about the uh, sort of a an, an an inner look the, the looking at the inner workings of Ethel Waters who given the circumstances of her birth, wow. should never have been the star that she later became. That, you talk about a lesson and a message. 
you know. And we, I, I did it first at a Walnut Street Theater. Then I went to Alabama Shakespeare the, the following year. And then two years passed and my script ended up on Susan Booth's uh, desk. And she sent me an email. She said, I don't know where you are, but could we talk about this? And I went to her office and, you know, we, we, we always had a pleasant relationship, but not a close relationship. Well, that all changed because we talked about everything but Ethel. And then she looked at me and said, you know, we're doing your show. And I said, well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and they did. I mean, the production value <laughs> that they put into that show was just amazing. I had never experienced anything like that before. And I found myself on the opposite side of the tape. You know, I mean, I'm used to just coming in, you audition, you, you book it, and then you come in for the first day of rehearsal and you learn your stuff. Well, now it was completely different. You know, and we opened opening night, they were announcing the extension. It did so incredibly well here. It really did. So, you know, just. Mm -hmm. Was it a. It's a one woman a show, one -woman but there show are about nine characters. Or... And when she first saw it, she said to a friend of mine, um, she said, how many people are in this cast? <laughs> you know, it was just me. I would just morph into these people who had been part of her life. Right. It sounds like this show would be perfect for a lot of theaters who are either streaming content right now or like when they come back, yes. like a lot. There's going to be a lot of one and two hands. And I think, the, yeah, these are the kinds of shows that uh, you will be able to put up very quickly. You know, uh, regional theater shows. I think the regional theater will come back a lot faster. I mean, it's starting to come back now. It's just more fleet of foot, you know. So, mm hmm. Right. If, if people were interested in doing Ethel, what, what should they do? Well, I have, a, I have a website. Is there a web page? So or they would definitely be or... able to go to the website and see it and, I, uh, and, uh -huh. and see uh, that. Or they could email me directly at tvshowgirl at gmail.com. You know, um, terryburrell.com. Yes. And is your website uh, terryburrell.com? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Well, I think you're you're probably going to have a lot of success with I, I, anybody who's writing for small cast unit set right now is like. Well, what I'd like their to stuff work is being on done right and now is, up, you know, we so had an intermission that you can't have intermission anymore, not, at least not for a while. You can't have people mixing in the bathrooms and stuff. So I'm actually working to cut it down to like 90 right. minutes. It's not that it was that long anyway, but to just sort of seem act one into act two. Because act two, you see her differently. She has now been in the business for a while. And she's doing right. what they call the white time. <laughs> so the white time. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. But the, actually, the wow. best way to reach me would be to tbshowgirl at gmail.com. That's, that's, the, that's the more direct way to reach me. Okay. Well, Terry, I'm watching the clock and seeing that we are already at a 40, mm -hmm. we're already at a 46 minute mark. But before we go, I just want to mm -hmm. ask you a few quick questions about life right now. Um, are you reading um, anything yeah, special I am. right now? A couple of things. I'm reading a book called Save the Cat, which is about screenwriting. I'm reading that. Um, I'm reading a book called Buy Yourself the Effin' Lilies. 
you know. Um, and I picked up this book on Reiki, healing, healing touch, which I'm very interested. I haven't started the book yet, but I'm always interested in those kinds of modalities, you know, those more holistic kind of modalities. Um, very, yeah. uh, very right. dedicated to uh, meditation every day or being able to meditate in the moment, yeah. uh, which I think makes you a yeah. much more mindful individual. Right. You know, and especially at this time when people are experiencing mm -hmm. stress, mm -hmm. even though mm -hmm. they don't know it's stress, then those kinds of things become very necessary. It's like medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right, absolutely. And are you are you binging anything? Are you I watching did anything watch of Bridgerton, new which I thoroughly through? enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I always watch NCIS. Um, <laughs> and I think today, oh, unorthodox. Oh, my God. What an amazing story. Amazing cast. Fantastic. Unorthodox. Um, I was watching The Boys. I got to get back to that on Prime. So, yeah, I'm kind of binging. I'm not really like a big television person. You know, I binge on Judge Judy and People's Court. <laughs> and Hot Bench. Right. <laughs> That's what I binge on. I love it. My, our last question tonight is, um, I know a lot of people during this last year started taking up lots of like, I'm going to learn this new language. I'm going to learn how to bake. Um, did you I'm take really. any like new um, learning things? I think in the beginning, I went to my Duolingo and I thought, okay, well, let me learn Spanish. And then just recently, uh, in my, I, I, I looked at the app, I opened it or, or they sent me a message and they said, you make duo sad, <laughs> which made yeah. me laugh so hard. Um, but no, I didn't <laughs> really get into that. Not really. Um, I do Pilates on the Reformer, and I feel very safe doing it. So I've been doing that more. You know, and then I just they just sent me a, a notice saying that yeah. I was approaching my 100th class, which is great. Uh, the difference from a year and a half ago to now and how I use the machine and how I know how to uh, uh, also um, use my body while I'm using the machine, how to breathe properly. Uh, it's very different. So yeah, I did that, but no, I did not bake. Right. <laughs> well, a, a, a quick funny story about Duolingo. I was uh, in a circle of artists one night and everyone was talking about what they were doing next and what they were, what was upcoming. and. It was all, I got really nervous because I was like, I don't really have anything to talk about at this moment. And everyone had all these outlandish plans coming up and it kind of got to my turn around the table. And I said <laughs> very quickly, um, I'm learning French. And my, my friend my, my friend beside me <laughs> said, are, are you learning French? And I said, no, I didn't know what to say. And so later on that evening, uh, this was a few years ago, later on that evening, he sent yeah. me a text of the Duolingo to did learn you? French. Did you? I was like, okay, well, I guess I should start learning French. So I did that. You, you know, yeah. I did. And then uh, something changes my attention. And six months yeah. later, I go yeah. back to it. So it's been kind of a love-hate yeah. relationship. 
Buna pala pa Well, we love you so much. We thank can't you thank so you much enough for, for calling me. in it's on this crazy pleasure. show. That you know, doing. what is it that actors really love? Free food and the ability to talk about themselves. So there you go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> thank you. That is a great night. note Have to a great end evening. on. We love you too. Bye-bye. Take care. We love you, Terry. Bye. So much fun. So much fun talking to Terry, my goodness. Yeah, that was a good time. It actually brought back so many memories of just the show that we did together. Um, at Sydney, I don't remember what, even, what year. I mean, I guess I could 2009? Was it 2009? I believe it was 9 or 10. It, I think it was 2010, maybe. Remember, that, remember the beautiful poster that was with uh, Chris Mueller's photography? Mm-hmm. Um, like headshots of everyone in the cast. It was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, talking about all those like iconic moments of, you know, Broadway history and legendary. Um, I was very honored that she uh, joined us. Thank you, Terry. We love you so much. Yeah, love you, Terry. That was amazing. Um, how did our artwork turn out? What do you mean? I mean, let's look. Okay. And how do people see these again? At Connor and Smith Facebook. Yes, our page on Facebook. Okay. I think they're very interesting. Huh. They almost looks well, because we use the same colors, it looks kind of like it came from the same artist, kind of. It's cute, super cute. Um, so anyway, that's that's about all for us. You guys have a great week. Yep, and we will talk to you real soon. All right, and as always, turn your hearts into art. Bye.